Well, we're in day eight, if you're with us, uh, of a devotional time as a church. And if you've not gotten in, I think you can catch up because the, the day readings will not take you very long. So if you've not gotten with us, pick up a book today on the way out called Secrets of the Secret Place. What we're doing is spending 52 days together in a time of prayer and having our devotional thoughts the same just for the purposes of strengthening unity of the spirit within the the bond of Christ that the scripture talks about us having. Today I want to talk about the secret of believing prayer. The secret of believing prayer. And you can get your Bibles and find the passage in Mark chapter 11. We're going to just look at two verses today, verse 22 and 23, Mark 11, 22 and 23. In your spiritual journey, have you ever had the day, it was a serious prayer day, I mean you were in deep need, deep felt pain or whatever in your heart, and you began to cry out to God and you prayed, have you ever had the time where it feels like your prayer didn't even reach the ceiling? Have you ever had that day? I've had those days. God, where are you? All I can hear is my voice bouncing off the ceiling. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had the situation where you were praying and you were really seeking the Lord on something, some big issue, or you were asking the Lord to do something specific and you found that there was not the answer you were looking for or there appeared to be no answer? Have you ever had that time where skepticism started creeping in? And to be real honest, a little bit of hard feelings toward God. Where are you? Have you ever had that reality? Because what we're going to be looking at today is trying to answer the question, what do I need to do if I'm going to be a person that knows that I will receive a prayer, when I pray, that I will receive an answer from God? Not that I can demand God to do anything, but because of what His Word says, you're going to see in just a moment that He promises it. But there are a couple of things in these two verses that I think will clarify for us what is happening. There is a mystery around prayer. I have to be honest with you. I know I'm a pastor and I shouldn't be confessing this to you. But prayer is difficult for me. It has been. It's almost like it's the, the secret of prayer is clouded is a, in a, around a mist, if you will. And to be able to get my hands on it. What is it? Because he knows what I'm going to ask before I ask it. Right? Scripture says that. He knows my thoughts. He knows his plans for me, but the Lord says that he wants us to interact with him. But for me, I've had that mist around it. But this passage begins to make like there's a little bit of a f- air blowing some of this smoke away, and it gets, starts getting crystal clear. And I hope this will be helpful for you. It's been helpful for me this week. In Mark chapter 11, look at it, verse 22, 23. Keep that open because we're going to refer back to it. <clears throat> says... Have faith in God if you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe what he says will happen. It will be done for you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask, in, ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, it will be yours. Okay, I didn't write that. And it's red letters in my Bible. Is it red letters in yours? That means that's Jesus said these words. 
And I want to start right at the beginning because a lot of times we, gl- we gloss over this first section that became crystal clear to me this week. We gloss over the concept of where it says have faith in God. We basically say, yeah, that's a no-brainer. But no, this is where it begins. We've got to get this right. Faith in God precedes faith in his promise. Hear me. Faith in God will precede us having the ability to believe what he says. So he says, have faith in God. Trust in the person must be in place before you can believe what they say. That's exactly why we are spending 52 days together. Why? I'm wanting us to get more and more acquainted with God. The more we know him personally, the greater level of belief or trust will grow within us. And the more we have trust, another word is faith, the more we have, more have faith, in a moment I'm going to show you the second part to this is necessary, we'll be able to function in what God's word says in a way that it says we have received what we have asked. There's no add-ons to that. It says it very clearly. And so I'm hoping today that this is simple yet eye-opening for us. And then the second one is the voice of the Lord. Two things. We've got to see and know, hear and follow. What does that mean? The power to receive from God depends totally on the power, listen to this, of spiritual perception. If we're shut off spiritually, if we don't have, if we're not tuned in to the voice of God, he may be talking to us all day long, and yet our minds on carnal things, worldly things, whatever things, and we totally are missing when the Spirit of God is speaking to us. Speaking to us to minister to that person. Take care of this situation. Pray for that person. Call this person. That happens to me very often. A, a person will come to mind, and it's just out of the blue. I've, I've learned to take that as an impression from the Lord and call and check in. How are you? What's going on? You're just on my heart. Just wanted to see what's happening with you. I believe that has to do with developing spiritual perception. In other words... I have to yield myself, hear this, this is hard for some of us. In other words, I yield myself to the suggestions I hear from the Spirit that is founded upon God's Word. Please hear those two things together. I must yield myself to the impressions of the Spirit that is in direct accord with what is found in God's Word. The reason we have to have both of those, remember he says, I came in Spirit and in Two things, spirit and, okay, if you're, if you're all spirit driven and no truth foundation, you'll get off into wild, uh, crazy things. You'll name everything God and everything devils and you won't be into any, you'll be uh, just kind of weird. Or you can be all truth and no spirit and you can be as crotchety and mean as anybody on the planet. But if you know the truth and have the spirit of life within you, those two things in balance, then we can function. But they both have to function. I think it's easier for us to function in truth than to realize the spirit of God is leading me right now. Remember, there are times I've experimented with you. I said, if the Lord's speaking to you about somebody, a situation, or go, go pray, 
go speak a word of encouragement. I'm trying to get us to begin to be sensitive to what the voice of the Spirit is saying. Because we do know he wants us to encourage one another daily, right? While it is called day, lest we'll be tempted by sin, right? So if it was a word of encouragement, I'd say, go do it. If it's a prayer of faith, if you go and you're praying for somebody and the Lord says, pray for their healing and you don't know the situation, pray for healing and trust the Lord to do as the spirit and truth are mixed together. That's how we do it. I've had a few close, very close friends. Many of them were, have been elders in churches where we've been who walked with Vicki and I through some uh, high spiritual awakening days where things were happening in the church that we'd read about in Acts, but we had not ever seen. High days where the Spirit of God is moving, the altars are full, people are praying, and, and all kinds of things are happening. Then they would also walk through me in those days where it was all out war, and I felt defeated and beat up and discouraged. And you walk with somebody like that over a long period of time, guess what happens? I begin to trust them. I mean, trust them. So much so that if they say a word, I'm going to listen. If they have an instruction, I'm going to listen. Why? Because they've proven faithful. Get the picture. We've got to know our God. The more you walk with him in the high days and the war days, and you know that he's been found faithful, he never left you, he never forsook you, even though you may have been in a fire, a furnace, of, of testing. You may have been in the the crucible of, of temptation. But the Lord, you know from the depths that you never left you and he never forsook you. When you walk through that with your God and you get to know about him, the, the deeper your trust will be because the first lines of this verse was have faith in God because that's where it begins. We've got to know him to have that faith because if you know him and he's trustworthy, then we can go to the second part. Have faith in the promise God has given. Do you look in verse 22? It says, but if you believe, what he says will happen. If you believe, what he says will happen. It will be done for you. Is there any equivocation in that statement? I mean, we can try to defend God and explain God away. But Jesus said this, right? He said, but if you believe what he says, that's why you have to know this word, it, it will happen. It will be done for you. Okay, here's, I got a need. I'm speaking for somebody. I'm worried. I'm worried because I've spent on an extra bill that we weren't planning and I don't know how we're going to make it to the end of this month. I don't know how we're going to do it. So here's my need and here's my worry. And then I remember God's word that says in Philippians 4, 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. God will supply all your needs. Vicki and I did student ministry for many years. And you do know they pay those guys a lot of money. And so we were raising four kids and sometimes five on a 
youth pastor's position, salary. For many years, it's 25000 or less, probably. And all I can tell you is, we didn't know it. My, my wife is amazing, of course, to make all that happen. But we didn't know it because the Lord's provision, we got more clothes than you can imagine. I don't know that my kids ever had new clothes. They always had Bo Beckemeyer's clothes when he outgrew them. But we had folks who just took care of us and met needs. And what I'm saying is, the Lord says there's a promise. You can worry and stew and spend the night in, in anxiety, or you can take the truth of the word that says, and my God shall supply all my needs. That may not be all my wants, but it'll supply every one of the needs that I have. Do you believe that? That's truth. It's red letters, right? Okay, here's another person. I'm worried about my future. I don't know. My future doesn't look bright. I don't know what's coming for me next. I'm, I have a lot of questions. Maybe that's you. Well, then, if you come back to the truth, the truth says in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I want plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's plan that's what his plan is for you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have a strong future because that's our father. Remember, he's a good, good father. What father of us would want our children to fail? God doesn't. Okay, I have a need. The doctor just said this or I'm struggling with that. I have a disease. I have a sickness. I have a, an accident. What do I do? I go back to the truth and it says in James chapter 5 verse 14, is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church. Who are the elders? Those, listen to this, the older we get in our relationship with the Lord, the stronger our belief should be in Him and in His Word. If that's not true, something's wrong in our growth. If we're the same level of belief and faith and power, the power of the Spirit working within us, if it's the same in you as it was 20 years ago, something's not right. This says, call the elders. Why? Just because they're old? No. You call the elders. So they've walked with the Lord in the high times and the low times, and they found Him faithful. And they've been in His Word, and they know that it is true. You call those guys, and it says, have them anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. I had the elders here pray for my eye and they're still praying. They talk to me once a week or so and say we're praying every day for the Lord to restore. I got an eye that's doing a little weird things. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm just wait, I wake up every morning and open it up to see is it healed yet? Because I know what God's word says. All right, what makes trust hard is this. We place the characteristics of man upon God. We place the characteristics of humanity upon our God. My son was hit, uh, his, he had a, an old car and a guy rear-ended him. Did some damage on a fender and this guy, you know, was... A young guy, but he got out and they, they exchanged some information. And he was one of those that said, man, I'm a, I'm a man of my word. I don't like being around people that are not faithful to their word. And 
Um, so you go figure out what it's going to take to have that car repaired, then give me a call and I'll get you paid. So he calls him back in a couple of weeks with an amount, two or $300, to fix it. And the guy said, well, I'll get my tax return in about a month. After that, I'll pay you, right? You see where this is going, don't you? Uh, so he calls him back in a month or so and says, are you able to cover the cost of the car? And the, the phone had been disconnected and he had moved from that location. So you understand, humanity, we have this ability to speak the truth, watch this, and then tell a lie. Humanity that has that ability. We can just tell you straight to the truth or just shut, go quick to a lie. We can keep a promise or we can break a promise. That's humanity. We can do that. We can be honest at one moment and then deceitful in the next. That's Humanity seems to have that characteristic. Did you get it? Listen to this. John, 1 John 1.5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Do you get what I'm saying here? Do you get what this is meaning? He can't lie. There's no deceit in him. There's no darkness in him. He cannot tell us something and not fulfill it. He is a God of truth. He has no deception in him. So if his word says it, it's true. You can bank on it. Do you believe this? That was three. Do you believe this? Okay, 20, that's better. That's good. So as the smoke clears off around this thing called prayer, it says the trust grows the more we know him. The more we know him, the greater our trust is in what he says and what his promises are because he is truth. And then the third is this. We can hold to a position of, listen to this, no doubt in our heart. We have to hold to a position of no doubt in our heart. I never thought of it this way until this past week. If doubt is dirt... How many of you raise a garden or ever have? Some of you farmers, some of you just city people. If dirt, if we could call that doubt, I never thought of this, but you know, you're not going to have faith unless it grows out of doubt. You, you can have doubt as the, around your life, but it says don't let there, let there be no doubt in your heart. It doesn't mean that you get rid of all doubt because that's the ground the seed of faith is going to grow out of. But it says in your heart, the core of who you are, you're going to take a position of there's no doubt of what God says. There's no doubt in my God. And so I have no doubt in what he's going to do. We can hold to that. Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, does not doubt, watch this, in his heart. The heart is the core of us. Now we can have doubt swirling around in our minds, but what we have to do is get in our heart. If God says it, it's true, and I'm going to stand on it. And I believe that it's going to work in that. Doubt just cannot be in your heart. The half-brother of Jesus, James, wrote these words about this particular issue of doubt. And listen to what he says. But let him ask in faith... Without doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Then in verse 7 it goes on. 
For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. Oh my goodness, do you hear that? Let that man not believe he's going to receive anything from the Lord. Because he's not in a position of no doubt. He's blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 8. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. You know what this said to me? The reason I struggle maybe in prayers is that I've not gotten that settled in my heart. Two primary things that stop this, us being a people that believe in prayer and trust God in such a powerful way that he's going to do amazing things. One is doubt. Mainly it's just strong questioning. And then unbelief is a choice. He's not going to do it. He won't do that for me. Doubt, what causes us to doubt God is, or his promises is when somebody is walking in unbelief. Uh, here's some examples of what that might look like. Being in unbelief. I was... A few days out of surgery, told you before this story, but it has impacted me. They had hung blood bags after blood bags because I was bleeding internally and they couldn't get it stopped. I was close to the, the within hours to have to go back to surgery to have to, to do that surgery again. And if you've had that done once, you really don't want to do that again. So to me, it was a giant. It was big and I, it was bigger than I could deal with. My wife says to me, we need to pray. I said, I, I don't have it. She wasn't shaken by it. She just simply said to pray, and she asked the Lord, Lord, would you please just stop this bleeding? And I mean, I mean within minutes, it stopped. And what I'm saying is, sometimes the thing we're dealing with is so big and so scary and so apparently dangerous that we think it's bigger than God. It's not. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. You know that one? This God that we serve is, uh, is amazing. When we doubt, it says that we hesitate, or we stagger, or we waver. I want you to notice in James 1, 7, what happens if we continue to live where doubt is in our heart. That man will not receive anything from the Lord. It says it like this. One who doubts will receive nothing from the Lord. Okay, so we want to be a church that prays in faith, yes? For us, for others, when people come forward with needs, we want to be there to pray in faith. We cannot be praying in faith thinking at the same time, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> this isn't, there's nothing going to happen here. We've got to have a word. What is God's word? I think before we pray, we need to say, Lord, what is your word on this situation? And if we know the word, it'll come back to us. Is there a something, God, you're saying about this situation? If you have that word, you pray and you stand on that word and believe God is the promise giver. Do you remember John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus? Yes? Okay. He was in prison he had heard about this one, because it was his cousin, so he knew about Jesus. But he had heard about this one that was doing miracles, and he sent word. John had some disciples around him. He sent his disciples out to see Jesus, and he says, Are you the one that we've been waiting for? Are you the Messiah? Or is there one coming later after you? Jesus sent back his word to him and said, Tell, tell John 
that the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the lepers are cured, the deaf are hearing, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. He said, go tell John that in my name, man, humanity is being restored and rebuilt. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need testimonies. Testimonies raise faith. When God heals us from something or restores us or brings provision at a time, we need to not be quiet. I know we're afraid we're going to be bringing attention to ourselves. I've heard that here because there's a kindness in this people. But what I'm telling you is we're not, we're not asking you to tell us how great you are. We're asking you to tell us how great your God is and met your need at a time. Because what happens when John heard, when Jesus said, the lame are walking, the deaf are hearing, the blind are seeing, what happens? Faith. This is the one. This is the God that we serve. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Just got a little harder. Once you've asked it, then you take the position of believing that you have received it. What do we have to do? Make God our very own. We believe him. Trust his word completely. And then with a heart full of God, we begin to say, Lord, thank you for your answer. And you hold to that answer. Here's, if I put it together, it's like this. Trust in God equals confidence in promises equals faith in an answer. Trust in God equals confidence in promises equals faith in an answer. Worship team, come up. You may be here today. And this might be speaking to you because it stepped all over my toes. This one did. And you may have realized, you know, I've kind of lived powerless because I'm basically living in doubt. I've put on God characteristics of humanity, and he's not. We're made in his image. He wasn't made in ours. And we have some of the markings of godness in our creation, but it's the fallen type. We're the fallen of that creation. But this may have revealed to you today, you've been living in a place where you've settled, stay with me, you've settled for a belief in God that requires no evidence of his movement or of his power. I've told you this bugged me to death. When Paul says, I do not come with enticing words of men, but in demonstration of the power of Christ. I believe the church should be a place where the power of Christ is flowing. Lives are changed, testimonies are heard. When that begins to spread, lost people run because they're looking for truth. They're looking for solution. They don't want religion. They don't want Baptist. They don't want Pentecostal. They want Jesus and what he really can do. And what we've seen here today, there's no limit to what he can do. What's your doubt level? What's your faith level? Maybe this is the day you pray for healing. I Two weeks ago, I've asked Brother Calvin and, and Rusty and Terry. I don't remember who else. I asked them to pray. Anoint me with oil in this eye and pray. And I'm, I'm believing God for what he says he's going to do. 
I don't even have to worry about it because once you've trusted him, you just let him deal with it. But what are you, where are you today? What's your need? Maybe you have a need. You would like to step out in, in faith and trust the Lord in an area. You're tired of living in your defeat, your sin, your sickness, your disease, and you would like to, let's let God do a demonstration of his power. What do you think? Let's stand.